welcome to another trip down the bourbon road with your hosts, Jim and Mike. So grab a glass of your favorite bourbon and kick back. Hey, this is Big Chief, and you're listening to The Bourbon Road. You know what I love to pour in my old fashions is a little maple syrup. Can't be just any maple syrup. It has to be from seldom seen farms up in Ohio. He takes bourbon barrels, pours his syrup in there, and ages it for six to nine months, making for some delicious, just some delicious syrup that you could pour on pancakes, you could pour it on waffles, chicken and waffles like this fat guy likes. But seriously, you want to make a delicious cocktail with some maple syrup and not that old simple syrup. Check out SeldomSeenMaple.com. Pick up some stuff from there today. We'd appreciate it. Hello, everybody. I'm Jim Shannon. And I'm Mike Hyatt. This is The Bourbon Road. And today, Mike, we are at Jephthah Bend Farm. We're getting ready to get our music on. Yeah. Who do we have in the house? Well, we got Taylor Hughes, and she's going to be headlining Bourbon on the Banks. Uh, October 1st in Frankfort, Kentucky. And that's at the Goodwood After Party, right? Yeah. I'm excited about that. I'm looking so forward to that event. We've got a couple events before that, but Bourbon on the Banks is always, always on my mind. Yeah. Isn't that a song, Always on My Mind? Always on. Yeah. I won't sing it. Yeah. yeah. I would ruin it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, yeah, we got a couple events we got coming up. We got uh, USA Cares, obviously, uh, this weekend coming up. We have uh, the Southern Whiskey Society down in Franklin, Tennessee. Um, Both of those events support great causes. The first one, USA Cares, is the gala we're going to be at july 23rd and then um the southern whiskey society it supports one generation away um, which gives food to, to needy folks great event great people really looking forward to it and then you know just a short time after all that is bourbon heritage month yeah we got the, <clears throat> got the bardstown bourbon festival and bourbon on the banks we're gonna be busy just a little bit there might be just we might drink just a little bit of whiskey in that period, but we got some whiskey in our glasses today that Taylor pulled off my shelf. So she picked a couple of good ones. She, well, she she certainly did. Well, she picked three actually. We're, yeah. we're planning on two, but there's a third bottle. We'll get there's to it. The end. She saw it hidden up there. <laughs> she said it was hidden. It's not really hidden. It's just on the back shelf. Well, Taylor, welcome to the Bourbon Road. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, um, I always find my way around the bourbon shelves. You know, it takes me a minute, but uh. I saw I saw my favorite one, the knob twelve year, and I was like, "Oh, we definitely have to have that on there." What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a great bourbon. The other two we'll get to in just a few minutes. Well, we'll get to one of them pretty darn quick, won't we? Yeah, it's a and th- this is a pretty special bourbon, uh, especially for both of us being veterans. Uh, Elmer T. Lee is the first bourbon we're going to drink. Elmer himself was a bombardier in World War II. A lot of people don't know that in the U.S. Army Air Corps. Uh, before there was an Air Force, there was Army Air Corps, and that's where he served at. Uh, went to UK after he was uh, honorably discharged in 46, 45, 1945. Uh, graduated in 49 from there with an engineering degree and went to work at Buffalo Trace and worked there until 86, where they uh, he's the guy that uh, invented Blanton's. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. not know that. Yeah. I do love Elmer T. Um, <laughs> he used to work with Albert Blanton. Yeah. So he, yeah. they knew each other. 
Not too long after that, they they honored him after he retired with his own bourbon. That's awesome. I had no idea. I just always drank it, you know. (laughs) We always love our brothers and sisters who served. I have a special place in my heart for those from the greatest generation, those who fought in the Second World War. Yeah. Pretty amazing people. All right. Well, I think we should get to the whiskey. What do you say? Let's do it. That sounds good to me. Awesome. Kind of fruity, Mike. Yeah, it's a definitely a nice bourbon and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. it's subtle, right? Yeah, it's, it's a subtle burn. Yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah, Mike and I had actually had another bourbon a short time ago before the show. We won't talk about what it was, but it had a little bit more of an impactful flavor on your palate, and and this one's a little more soft and sweet and. Little fruity, little caramelly. Might be closer to ancient age than most people know in Blanton's. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, this is a this is certainly a great bottle to have on the show. We haven't had it on in more than a minute. Yeah. It's been a while. That's what I'm here for is to bring the old stuff out. Isn't that right? another song? It's been a while. Yeah, that is I'm another sure song. It is, it is another. That's, it's been a while. Yeah, that's another song, Jim. Yes. You just made me all these songs. Right. I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in that music frame of mind you know that, yeah yeah maybe we'll get him to sing a little bit later oh that would be a bad mistake enough bourbon and you'll do it right <laughs> I've, I've seen him sing before karaoke hey we're all friends here there's no judgment yeah yeah i guess i i do edit the podcast i could always take it out later <laughs> yeah. so taylor where are you from um i'm originally from lexington kentucky so uh, that bourbon runs through my veins, but uh, I live down in the Nashville area, specifically Spring Hill. It's about 35, 40 minutes south of downtown Nashville, um, but I've been there. It'll be five years in December. You had the itch to go to Nashville. I did. I've had the itch since I was itty bitty and no one knew uh, about it till I was probably 18 years old. Is that when you... When did you pick up a guitar and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to play a guitar? Um, I think I started learning guitar when I was, yeah, I was probably around 18. Um, it was, or 17 or 18. It was towards the end of um, my junior year of high school, beginning of my senior year. Um, so 17, 18 years old. Um, but I'd always loved to sing. And um, I was always in choir and we have home videos and stuff of when I was in preschool and I did all the little shows and stuff like that, that they would host. And there's actually a video of me pushing the girls out of the way so I could make it to the front to sing. <laughs> Not my proudest moment, but <laughs> clearly I was like, I'm made for the stage. Yeah, we might need a clip of that for the, for, right. For the, yeah. I'm sure my mom has that somewhere. <laughs> I'm singing like Mary had a baby or something like that. Um, (laughs) Something that they did. But um, yeah, I was actually really involved in athletics um, growing up. Um, My dad and I, uh, my dad has this way of forcing me into things that I think I'm going to hate and then I end up loving them. So when I was in middle school, he was like, you're going to play a sport. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he was like, you are. And he, you know, he pushed me into volleyball and I fell in love with it. And, um, I was actually going to go to college on a scholarship and I blew my knee out, um, my junior year of high school. And that's kind of what led me down the music path. Um, I had always loved singing. Um, you could pretty much find me singing anywhere. I was always involved in choir and stuff. Um, but I never told anyone that's what I wanted to do. It was like a secret dream, I guess. (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, no one really knew that I I could sing. They knew I did choir and stuff, but no one ever really thought anything of it, you know. And um, I went to my dad and was like, I think I want to learn to play guitar. And he was like, all right, you know, we'll go down to the doo-wop shop and get you lessons. And what's funny is that... Uh, the day we walk in, um, my guitar teacher, Polly Felice, who I still work with today, he's a good family friend of ours, is someone that my dad babysat way back in the day. So it was almost like this full circle moment, like it was kind of meant to be. And um, I'd been taking lessons with him for, gosh, maybe a few weeks, if that. So there was no way I had learned to play guitar yet. And he was like, oh, you sing? And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I dabble in it, I guess. And he was like, I'm going to take you to Nashville. And he told my parents and they were like, what? There's no way she knows how to play guitar. She probably doesn't even know three chords. And he was like, no, your daughter sings. And they thought it was funny. They were like, no, she doesn't. And they, what are you talking about? And pretty much the first time I ever really performed um, and stepped on a stage was down in Nashville. And I think I was probably 18 or 19. I started um, singing for a TV Comcast down there called Nashville Spotlight. Um, I don't think they have it anymore. But um, I remember my first performance. I went down there and had a great time. Everyone really loved me. And they came up to my parents and they were like, oh, please bring her back. And they were just kind of smiling and nodding. And we left and they were like, were you lip singing? And I was like, no, that's me. And they were like, oh my God. And that's just kind of <laughs> how I really got started. And, you know, and they were like, okay, well, this is, this is a real thing. And, you know, I started playing out and I, I went to college for a little bit and uh, decided I wanted to be a rock star instead. And Went to my parents one day and I was like, you know what? I think I'm done with this whole school thing. And, uh, you know, most parents would be like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> but uh, my parents were, you know, especially my dad is the one I was kind of scared to tell. And he was like, all right, we're all in. There is no plan B. It's all or nothing, which is pretty cool um, to have that kind of support. Because I know a lot of artists probably don't have that from their parents because, you know, this is this is a really difficult job and it's it's not normal. There's no steady pay and uh you know, it's probably like a one in a billion chance, but uh, it's what I love to do. And, you know, they've been supportive ever since. So that's that's a great story. You know, it, it just occurred to me that how, how many people tried their hand at the music business because mama and papa told them they could sing. Right. Maybe they could. Uh, there's a lot of those. <laughs> you meet a lot of those down in that and They show. get down there and they fall flat on their face because mm -hmm. they really don't have the chops for it. Well, right. you were just the opposite of that. They had no clue. They had right? no idea. Thought I was lip singing. Right. <laughs> Thought it was all pretend. What was that? Do you remember that first bar in Nashville that you went to and played or? Yeah. It was the, called the Nashville palace. Okay. Um, and it's still there. It's still hopping. People go there all the time. They have, um, local artists there all the time. They have big acts. Um, it's a great place to go honky tonking. If you want to go like line dancing and, uh, um, it's right over next to, um, the grand old Opry in, um, the Opry hotel. Yeah. It's like right in that area. Um, but that's kind of where I claimed that I got my start. So that is such a cool story. Such a cool story. So was it hard to like remember words and stuff like the whole song? Cause lyrics could be very difficult to learn. And you go to Nashville now and you see almost every artist has a iPad or iPhone in mm -hmm. front of them. And I'm like, why do you, you it, know it can be really difficult. I know um, for a lot of the Broadway artists, um, you're kind of required to know like, 
a billion songs like sure. it's insane um i actually have it saved on my tablet um of all the songs and they constantly add stuff but for me like remembering lyrics is always kind of come naturally to me um i always bring a tablet with me just in case if like i'm playing a new song that like i had haven't you know remembered yet or someone has a request and you know i need to look it up because i might not know it but uh i think a lot of us there's something about being a musician that you just kind of the lyrics just flow in your head and you can't remember anything else like you can't remember what you had for breakfast but you can remember a hundred songs <laughs> you know? yeah well you drink whiskey like it's it comes natural like you said it's running in your veins in kentucky now your mom and dad are in the room but i'm gonna ask you this when's that first sip you had up with some bourbon oh okay let's see um your dad's over there shaking his head oh well he he knows i was raised like a boy and like my dad and i are pretty close so a lot of my drinking was done at tailgates so <laughs> with him but um i was probably a good bourbon, not till I was in my 20s. Now, I probably had like E&J or something pretty, pretty rough when I was like 15 or 16. Oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, I kept it together. I was a 4.0 star athlete, you know, had good GPA. I didn't do anything crazy. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I really truly started appreciating um, bourbon until I got into probably my mid twenties. Um, my husband is a big like bourbon connoisseur and we have quite a collection, um, at our house. And, uh, I actually went bourbon hunting yesterday and got five bottles. <laughs> I called him and he was like, yep, buy that and that and three of those. And I'm like, all right. And I'm sure the guy at the, the store was like, what are you doing? I was like, I want them all. Nah, I don't mess around. They, they know what's going on around here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they definitely know what's going on. I think on. sometimes uh, when women are doing it, they're a little surprised. You know, I go into some places and they're like, oh, do you want this? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Where are your allocations? Or what do you have hidden in the back? And they're like, oh, no, this girl knows what she's talking about. <laughs> I don't know that that's the case anymore just because I think the bourbon community has came so far. Yeah. And there's no surprise that women are out there seeking yeah. out, well, you know, maybe like, especially like here in Kentucky yeah. and, but like down in where I live, you know, they don't really expect girls to be drinking that. And a lot of them are drinking tequila and vodka, which, Hey, I like a good tequila. Don't get me wrong. I like me some Casamigos. Well, speak, um, speaking of that, you know, sometimes you got to take a break from bourbon. You know, you yeah. Need, right. What's your other bourbon? What's my other bourbon? Like she just said, tequila. Yeah, probably it's probably tequila. If it's hot outside, like, because I'm not a beer girl. I don't like beer. I don't like seltzers. I'm either liquor or nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I do like a good tequila. Um, and you're drinking at room temperature straight, or are you having it? Hard? I like it chilled. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I typically don't drink like mixed cocktails. Um, I do love an old fashioned though, but obviously that's bourbon or whiskey who doesn't like an old-fashioned oh yeah but they gotta be done right and like i'm i'm so bougie i've been spoiled there's this bar down there in franklin tennessee called uh ob joyful um and i'm really good friends with the bartenders and the manager down there and they actually let me do one of my photo shoots there but they make their cocktails like craft like it is the correct way so every time i go in they're like you want a smoked old-fashioned i'm like yes i do you gotta have it smoked yeah 
Yeah, you and Mike have that in common. He's bougie too. Oh yeah, yeah. you gotta. You, well, you know, you just gotta be fancy. I'm I'm one of those people that like if you can set it on fire like a sidecar. I'm like, yeah, do that. I like the pyrotech. I'm, you know, I'm all not the big pyrotechs. into the smoked old fashions. It it has to be done right first off. Mm-hmm. Um, if it they just put the whole glass into a smoking box. Uh, the smoke's not going into the whiskey. It's just getting yeah. all over your glass. And then next thing you know, you go home and your hand smells like smoke. <laughs> I don't want that. I want well, the they smoke do it. They do it, it right down at OBJ. Um, and then uh, actually, uh, my dad bought us a smoker for at home when we make old fashions at the house. And we'll make our own little fancy That's concoctions. Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, he's he supports your habits. I know, right? <laughs> and then, you know, I say that and then I get a phone call. You better not be drinking messes up your vocal cords and i'm like i'm fine i'm fine who else told us that somebody else told us that i think the day day after but not the day before right yeah i mean we've we've had some artists on that they say they drink bourbon and then when we sit down to drink whiskey with them and it's kind of shocking to them i think they're like oh this is tough right here right Um, (laughs) well you know i used to it's funny um i used to always have a shot with me during my shows and I would just sip on it throughout the show. So like a three, four hour show. And, um, I would notice that it would just, by the time I was done with the show, it tore up my vocal cords and my vocal coach was like, you cannot be doing that. So I stopped and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the bourbon girl. And, uh, every time I go to a show now, my fans that are regulars or have come out to see me, they're like, Oh, Taylor, let's buy you a shot. And I'm like, no, I can't (laughs) drink till after. (laughs) Well, how does somebody like, like, let's say Eric church, Mm -hmm. who's notorious about drinking, Jack Daniels on yeah. stage. You ever think that's really Jack Daniels in there? It's just it's it's probably the Jack. Um, you know, I think it it really just depends. Uh, because I, I know a lot of people like my my girl Miranda Lambert shouldn't drink bourbon on stage. I think she usually has like Tito's vodka on stage. I'm like, I don't know how y'all drink while you're singing because it dries out your vocal cords. But some people, are, I guess, are just used to it. And now I've seen Cody Jinx. Yeah, in Cody concert, always, he's mm-hmm. got, he loves Maker's Mark. And mm-hmm. he, I mean, he came out in the crowd, brought it out in the crowd and was drinking with yeah. people. And I was like, what is he doing? Well, if you talk to them after, no, I could be wrong, but I bet if you talk to them the next day, their vocal cords are probably hurting. They're pretty hurting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm also super sensitive and have a ton of food allergies and <laughs> not, so. I didn't see you have any food allergies. Oh, tonight, no, we Jennifer. put those aside today. Um, usually like my diet is very like, so weird. I never go out to eat anywhere because there's just so many things I'm not supposed to eat. But when you told me you were making barbecue, I was like, I, I got to do it. I got to eat it. I'm going to eat it and I'm going to enjoy it. And we're just going to drink bourbon. It's going to be okay. <laughs> bourbon, bourbon fixes it all. Though. It, does, yeah, it does though. It does. Alcohol kills anything bad germs, you know, food allergies, all that. It's like out the door. So you go to Nashville what was the first song that you wrote for yourself or recorded? Ooh, first song I wrote when I moved to Nashville. I'd started writing before I uh, moved there. Uh, but the first song I wrote, um, gosh, it was probably, I do have a song called Buzz Off Me that I wrote um, with a girlfriend of mine, uh, Stephanie Joyce. That and then a song that I'm actually going to play you all here in a little bit um, was one of the first songs I wrote when I moved there. It's called Praying to the Whiskey, which was my sophomore single. Um, I actually wrote that with my dad. Um, 
So and that was, gosh, five years ago, almost. Wow. Five years uh, ago, you yeah. wrote that song. Yeah. Um, that's what's funny about um, releasing music is a lot of the time, these songs that you all are hearing on the radio, they were written five, 10 years ago. Like they, they're typically not just new songs. So a lot of artists, when they go on tour and they're trying to promote a song, they're probably sick of it because they've been playing it for 10 years. <laughs> like It just now hit the radio. And um, so, I mean, I love playing this song. It's, it's, it's a special song to me. And it was, you know, one that I wrote with my dad. So it was kind of cool to release it as obviously new music um, for me, but kind of introducing my dad as a songwriter as well. Um but yeah, those those two are what's coming to mind right now. I've just I've written so much stuff that it all kind of gets lost in the mix. It sounds kind of like a song that'll go real good with a Selmer T. Lee. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Well, let's let's hear it, Taylor. Yeah, I could do that for you. All right. So this is my sophomore single, uh, "Praying to the Whiskey." You guys can find it literally everywhere: iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. Jack, Johnny, and Crow, those four apostles jaded my soul. That's pretty rough company for a Catholic girl like me to keep. But they're all right for me. My mama would fade if she knew these things. A better daughter to see. Me in the brown water over ice, don't get no water. Devil's cut the name of Father. I'll pray till I hit the bottom. Sunday morning, I'll be on my knees. But tonight, you can find me. Bring it to the whiskey. I'll be on that Sunday morning 
bringing to the, bringing to the, bringing to the whiskey. Man, I think a little bit of that smoked bourbon got in that voice. <laughs> right? A <laughs> little bit of that grit. Yeah. You know, I, I find um, that I have, uh, when I'm writing songs like that, I'm like, oh, you know, I get inspirations from stuff I've done in the past. And there have been quite a few times that I was praying to the whiskey, you know, a lot of tailgates, you know, back in the day, back in college. And <laughs> now, do you have an artist that has influenced you, say it influenced you a lot? Yeah, um, uh, I love Miranda Lambert. She is probably my f- favorite artist of all time. Um, I get a lot of my um, influence from her. Um, Ashley McBride is another artist um, that I love. A little bit of Chris Stapleton. Of course, you got to have a Kentucky artist in there. But uh, um, a little bit of Leonard Skinner. I love me some Southern Rock. Um, and I don't know if y'all know who Susan Tedeschi is. She's from a Tedeschi Trucks band. They're more of a big band kind of blues um thing and that's who uh that's a band that my husband actually got me hooked on and he tells me all the time he's like your voice reminds me of susan he tells me you're a blues artist you're not a country artist and i'm like oh okay (laughs) but uh growing up you know i grew up on country music and southern rock and blues and it was always playing in the house and that's kind of just i i like to take bits and pieces and kind of mix it together and make my own thing so your voice is uh, very rich and deep and you kind of have a low reg, kind of a low register. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really interesting and it's kind of unique. And Oh, thank you. That That's the number one thing you want to be in this business is unique. Yeah. <laughs> I think the artists you named, you know, Chris Stapleton, people were like, where, where'd he come from? But he had mm-hmm. been around forever. Yeah. Writing music um, for yeah. tons of artists. For artists that people really would just blow their mind right yeah but his voice oh it's incredible i've heard people are like he's not very entertaining because he sits up there and plays guitar and i was like well, oh he's pretty I'm not, entertaining i'm not I paying don't... to see him dance i'm right <laughs> I'm, i want to hear his story he's mm-hmm. tell he tells a story in his music and that's i think that's what's so great about music you can get a story out of it and stuff Absolutely. that brand of the whiskey we've all We've all been there, right, yeah, Jim? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a time or two, right? I yeah. mean, I've, I probably prayed a little bit to 10 high before and said, I would never drink that again. <laughs> but you haven't prayed to crow yet. Uh, no, I never prayed Not to yet. crow before. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> Old crow makes that chili taste pretty good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's my that's my cooking bourbon. Oh, yeah. So how'd you come up with Jim, Jack, uh, Johnny, and Crow? You know, what's funny is that it's actually a line my dad came up with um, because, like I said, we wrote this together and we were sitting there talking about, you know, obviously our love for bourbon and whiskey. And I think it was around tailgating season two. And we were kind of just laughing about, you know, back in college when him and I were both in college, the things that we did and things that we were drinking. And it's kind of, you know, how we got different ideas for the lyrics for it. And um, it's... uh, kind of based on the fact that I'm Catholic and I like to drink. Right. Um, but, uh, we were trying to think of, you know, the apostles. So like, okay, well, what are bourbons that have like 
actual people names, you know? And so, or uh, I guess that would make sense, like people names or whatever. Um, and he's, he started just listening. Um, and I was like, Hey, that kind of flows And uh, it's kind of just how he came up with that. And, um, it's actually, I have merch that has the Jim, Jack, Johnny and Crow, those four apostles jaded my soul and people love it. They're like, I need it. And I'm like, Hey, maybe, maybe one of those bourbons have jaded your soul. So, you know, and <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he's probably a, a time or two for me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, my dad, it's funny, um, writing with him cause we've written a ton of stuff together and she's the only one I've released so far. And he's such a great writer and, um, for me, my strength has always been like melody. Um, when I come into a write, and uh, I always joke around, I'm like, he can't carry a tune in a bucket, but he can write. You know, people, you know, where where'd you get your voice? Then my mom is a closet singer; she won't sing. But uh, before I existed, she uh, was in a band and she played all the time. And I try to get her to sing. Maybe a few cocktails in her, and we'll get her to sing later. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we could open up another mic. I think if if we yeah, need to, yeah, we got like, one. No. <laughs> we actually got a, another mic and everything, headphones and everything. And she had no closet. idea that that's what we were doing. Like this is yeah. actually meant for her to, to sing some harmonies. She's right? like, "This is a setup. This is <laughs> yeah." <a laughs> she's like, "Get me out of here now." <laughs> so. When was the first time they heard you like a record on the radio or something? Do you remember that day? Um, yeah. Um, I can't remember the specific day, but I remember the day that I like the, where we were. Um, I actually went into 92.9. Um, I don't think it's called the bear anymore. What is it? 92.9. Um, Nash FM radio is what it's called now. It's been called like a billion different things, but it was here in Lexington in a Deidre Ransdell is actually the one who played my song first um, on the radio. And uh, I brought her three singles. I had um, ready to go and she played good taste. And she was like, this has got to be the song that you, you know, you start off with. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And I remember being in the studio and I was doing a live interview and, um, it was funny because, you know, they they can only play so many songs throughout the day. And it's really hard to get on the radio because they have their their favorites. And uh, for an independent artist to get on there, it's even more, you know, it's even harder. And um, we were in there and she was like, we're going to take Cole Swindell out and we're going to put you in. And I was like, I just took Cole Swindell's spot on the radio. Like, <laughs> I was like, how cool is this? And uh, this was my first single too. And it was right in the middle of the pandemic. So like I couldn't go out touring it to promote it. Um, so a lot of the promoting I was doing was over um, like Facebook live and um, Instagram live. But um, I had so many friends that like would go out to their car and send me videos like I'm listening to your song on the radio and I still have it like saved on my phone. And this was back in 2020 um, when I first released my um, single Good Taste. And uh, I remember just being like, oh, my God, like, how cool is this? To, this is what I've been dreaming of doing um, forever and uh, have, you know, my song debut in my hometown, which which, you know, I'd never thought I'd do is really cool. And I don't know if y'all know who Cole Swindell is, but he's a huge artist, huge writer. And I was like, okay, well, sorry, Cole, today's my day. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, so uh, how, how big of a part does the, the whole social media thing play for you? Oh, it is such a huge deal these days. It's uh, the music business is so different now than how it was in the past. Um, you know, in the past, um, probably back in the nineties when, 
it was golden country music. Um, <laughs> you know, um, record labels would develop artists and that's how you discovered new artists. And, um, these days it's total opposite. You already have to be developed. You have to have your own brand going, your own followers. You pretty much have to be your own label for like an actual label to come to you and be like, okay, now I want to put some money into you because they don't have to do all the hard work. They're just, oh, this this person's making pretty good money. How can we, you know, reap some of the benefits kind of thing? Um, so these days, the numbers on social media, and I'm so old school, I'm like, man, they came out with another one. Like when they came out with TikTok, I was like, please don't make me do this. Please <laughs> let this be a fad. And it is not. It's still around. So I broke down and I got one. And, uh, but I'm such a like an Instagram girl and like Facebook. That's where a lot of my following is on is those two. But, you know, they're, when you're going to book shows or you're getting PR, it's, well, what are your numbers? You know, and you're like, can't you just listen to my music first? And then, you know, we'll talk about the boring numbers, but it's a, it's a huge thing. And that's how, you know, you get big booking agencies to want to work with you because they want to make sure that they can book you outside of your normal areas. Um, it's how radio is like, well, why should I play your song? No one knows who you are or you're, you've only got 10,000 and this person's got a hundred thousand, you know, why should we play you over them? And, um, it's, I hate it because it's almost lost. Like the, this art is like not special anymore. It's all about numbers and it's not about like storytelling and being talented. Not that people aren't talented, but like, it's almost like people want Insta fame and stuff rather than connecting with an artist. And that's why I love playing. I love being on the road and meeting new people. And, you know, at my shows, I go talk to people after before my shows. I talk to them during my shows. I talk to them after my shows because for me, like, that's what makes making music so special is that you're connecting with people on a totally different level. You could be totally different in your beliefs and your thoughts, but there's something about music that just brings people together no matter what. And, you know, I, I will be a slave to social media if they want me to be, you know, I, I mean, I love, uh, doing the Instagram thing, like I said, and, um, I'd always do like Facebook lives and stuff, which, you know, there are good things about social media. I've been able to grow my following over in the UK and Australia and Ireland. And I have people, you know, constantly, when are you coming over here to do a tour? And I'm like, oh, I'd love to. Can can you help me? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't yeah. know where to go. I've never been over there. Like the only place I've been is like King of Coon. Like, you know, I've never been over, over the UK or anything. But um, social media has been good for that because you're able to reach people all over the world. Whereas, you know, back in the day, um, you couldn't do that. It's kind of put artists more in control of their that brand. Too. Yes, right? absolutely. So there, there are absolutely good things about it. Um, you know, you're able to release music whenever you want to release. You don't have to listen to a label when, you know, sometimes when you're signed to a label, they pick what you're going to do, um, what you're going to wear. And being an independent artist, one of our strengths is that we make our own rules and we make our own decisions for the most part, you know, and we can release however many songs we want. We can dress the way we want. If that's what our fans like, then like, that's what we're going to give them, you know? And I think that's, that's been a really good part of um, the social media growth and just technology period. Like I'm, I'm lucky if I can work my cell phone y'all, but you know, there, there are some things about it that, you know, you, they're, they're good things. So. Yeah. That social media thing. 
sometimes, even for us, it's the same way people say, hey, what's your numbers? And, you know, that's what mm-hmm. always with PR. And I'm like, yeah, well, here's the arch numbers are true you know and right. they'll be like well this person has this and i'm like okay well look at those numbers uh, for totality and and look at ours and you'll see that we have real whiskey drinkers right uh we don't have fake followers and we've mm-hmm. built it organically and i, I noticed your social media accounts are the same way you know you're building organically and it must be tough to try to compete with that where you can look at somebody else's stuff and you're like mm, i know better Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but if you're playing on the same stage as them, right. And you're playing at the same venues, you know, you're doing just as good. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I played this venue with you at the, I played, opened up at the amp for Dustin Collins or I'm playing, uh, bourbon on the bourbon banks, on the October banks. 1st. Right. You know, how that other artist, they're not playing that. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the thing is that, you know, you can really get caught in the whole um, comparing yourself to other people. It is, especially in the music industry, it's constant because people only post their highlight reels, you know, and you have to remember that like some of these people, they're not, their followers aren't real. A lot of them are, have been bought, which is kind of, you know, I hate to say that, but you can kind of tell sometimes when people have bought followers or, you know, a part of growing organically is that these people that are following you are actually true fans. Like they're coming to your shows, they're buying your merch, they're listening to your music, they're sharing your stuff. And that's what's important is having people that actually truly believe in you. They're not just following you and then they don't even, you know, they click follow, but then they don't even pay attention to what you're doing at all. And they're not even listening to your music. They couldn't even tell you who you are. They're like, Oh, I think I remember following them or it's a bot, you know, like it's not even an actual person, (laughs) you know? And so I think, you know, growing organically like that is important. I think, yeah, sometimes we get caught up. I know I do constantly. Uh, I get caught up in the, well, they have a lot of followers and like, I'm doing the same thing as them, but are those followers real? Like, are they really like true fans of theirs? Are they supporters? Like I know that my following is and that I've worked so hard to build and still trying to, you know, build as much as I can. And so you just kind of have to take a step back and be like, stay in your lane, you know, put those blinders on and just focus on you, you know? Well, Taylor, I noticed that you haven't drank a whole lot of that Elmer. I'm just, I I like to enjoy a good bourbon. I'm not going to throw it back like some people might, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Jim and me didn't throw it back. We just sipped on it. Oh, no, not you all. Just... (laughs) I have some friends that might just throw it back, you know, and no, we have like, friends that throw it back. Yeah. Too, but, right. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That's all right. It is, it is your glass of whiskey and you need to drink it your way. But now if we're ready to like do another one, I'll throw it back. <laughs> well, know? I'd say we're ready to do another song and I'd another like to song? hear that, yeah. that first single that you had. Good taste. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can do that for y'all. I mean, it's kind of good taste like this. And we're doing Yeah, absolutely. And then we'll right. go to break right after that song. Yeah. What do you say? Okay, yeah, let's good. do it. All right, this is my debut single, Good Taste. Whiskey soaked That gourmet nocturner That's so spicy Boom, stop 
Hoping good time I know when to last But I fall for the kind of guy Makes me raise my glass Play my heart again I'm morning on the wheel In the Jones Play my wedding Leave me hanging on that copperhead road I'm a good hearted woman Loves a good time and God went away I forgive him all that Walk the line It's a broken record Played again and again I play Tasting music for my fair taste and beer. I like the way that they make it laid back. Little smoke, a little drink, never hurry. Yeah, call me an addict. It ain't a habit. When it gets stuck in my head, I gotta have it. I blame my Jones play my wedding, leave me hanging on that copperhead road. I'm a good-hearted woman, loves a good time, and God play away. I forgive them all that walk the line. Here's a broken record, played again and again. I play my good taste in music for my bad taste in some attitude in that song <laughs> <laughs> just a little just a little you know <laughs> all right mike well what do you say we take a short break and when we come back more whiskey more music yeah let's do it man jim you know what i've really been enjoying lately oh you're gonna tell me some of that seldom seen farms maple syrup that's been aged in bourbon barrels. It is absolutely delicious, not only in a cocktail, but you can cook with it, right? You can. You absolutely can. Now, Mike, Kevin just sent me a new shipment, so I got a little bit more. And I've been making some beef jerky lately. Really? Yeah. Now, I know you're the meat master. <laughs> but... but I, I tried my hand at it. I said, you know, I want to make some beef jerky. And I've got a pretty decent beef jerky recipe. And it's got a little bit of soy sauce, a little bit of Worcestershire, a little bit of, you know, onion powder, garlic powder, those kind of things. But I always put brown sugar in it. Well, this time Kevin sent me a bottle of his granulated maple sugar. Wow. And I decided that I was going to substitute the maple sugar 
with the brown sugar. Oh, game changer. Let me tell you. Total game changer. Huh? Total game changer. Some of the best beef jerky you've ever had. So I'm going to make another batch here in, in about a week, and I'll be sure to get you some. Man, that, that sounds delicious. Vivian took, and we just got an air fryer like most people got these days, right? And uh, she took and soaked fresh pineapple in that maple syrup and then put it in the air fryer and it kind of crisped up a little bit. Oh, sounds uh, good. It was just magically delicious. Um, and people probably wonder why we love it so much. Kevin competed in the maple festival uh, last year, 2021, and he was named grand champion. Uh, that's saying something. So seldom seen farms grand champion. Of the 2021 Maple Syrup Festival. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's saying something. Yeah. You're going up against some heavy hitters in maple syrup. And I know we're we're talking about just the syrup, but, um, you know, that's something to be proud of. Uh, hats off to you, Kevin, for winning that. Kevin's also uh, competing in a couple other competitions. Make sure you check out his website. Check out his social media on Instagram and Facebook. You won't be uh, disappointed. If you want to buy something, from him where can they go jim you can go to seldomseenmaple.com and kevin and his crew they've got a great website very easy to navigate they got all their products on there you can buy their maple syrup by the bottle you can buy it by the case uh you can buy that sugar oh my goodness mike that stuff is so good uh, and they've got some other gift sets there too so you definitely want to check it out well he's also going to be in some distilleries pretty shortly here um, some distilleries from that I love and I know you love. He's going to be down Leaper's Fork. Um, you can find a syrup down there aged in their barrels. Treaty Oak down in Dripping Springs, Texas. Um, I was just out there. His syrup's going to be there. Awesome. Um, and at Garrison Brothers in Texas, if you think uh, you love some maple syrup, make sure you go into Garrison Brothers and pick up a bottle from them also. Uh, Kevin appreciated uh, I know he he loves people. You're supporting a local farmer, a local product, a small family. This is no factory place that's putting out maple syrup, right, Jim? This is a good man doing good work. Yeah, got to love it. Well, make sure you check out his site. Like Jim said, seldomseenmaple.com. Pick up a bottle today. All right, we are back from our little break there. We had to finish off our elmer t lee and uh get a few drinks of water we gotta hydrate hydration that's important and uh we're back with taylor hughes great first half wonderful music you got some more for us i think i do i do i'm over here babysitting my uh elmer t don't worry i'll get on to the next you got two glasses there hey i'm double fisting here we go (laughs) it's a party this saturday like i'm I'm not working we're having a good time right We've been having a great music conversation, right? We've talked about all kinds of artists. In your last song, though, you know, I noticed all these other songs in that song. Mm -hmm. But the one that stuck out to me amongst everything was a little Steve Earle in there. I heard Copperhead Road. Yeah. Used to be one of my favorite songs, but I heard somebody not too long ago singing that. And I was like. It's a classic. Steve Earle would be dying right now right. the way they were singing it. <laughs> That's I feel like that is the song that I hear whenever I go to a honky tonk. Like someone is always playing that song, even not a honky tonk. Like someone always yells that play that song. The band's like, okay, okay, but it's such a fun one. You can dance to it. Like I love to dance. I'm all about the line dancing. 
I might look like a fool, but like I'll still do it. <laughs> Maybe that's what I was thinking that people were lying to answer to that song. Yeah. And Steve would probably be just dying because people are lying to answer because he had definitely not a lying dancer. Right. <laughs> I mean, he was like, to me, I thought in the 80s, I thought Steve Earl was going to be it. Yeah. I was like, this dude's going to make it. And that was it. That was. Hey, sometimes that happens, but that's a pretty popular song. So he's got that. You can't take that away from him. <laughs> yeah. Mike, I've seen you dance a few times, but I don't know that I've seen you in a line dance before. How's no, your line dance? I've never, never been into that. I don't, I don't know why. It's probably because I'm a Texas boy and, you know, we got that step and a half to stay two step, but we, the two step. That's it. How's that's, your wobble? That's. What, I'm the wobble what? queen. I don't even know what a wobble you is. You don't know what the wobble is? Oh, if you go on my TikTok, um, there it's probably my most viewed video of me wobbling in the middle of a pool at a resort in Mexico. Oh, I've wobbled across they, the pool before. They asked me if I wanted to work there, and I would uh, was the person that would start the dance every single day at the pool. Uh-huh. They were like, oh, where's Taylor? And they dragged me out to the middle of the pool because there was like a platform in the middle of the pool, and they turned on the song, and I was like, here we go. And I am now the wobble, the wobble girl. Yeah, I think so. you got that wrong, Mike. You, you thought she said waddle. Yeah, no wa- waddle, waddle, like waddle, 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 waddle. Yeah, I mean, probably after a few drinks, I'm waddling, you know. But the wobble, like, I mean, wobble, there, baby, wobble. I know. I'm, I'm pretty I'm positive just, in the pool. There's you could see the wear marks in the pool for me back and forth <laughs> across the pool. It's between your spot. In the bar. Yeah. He's got his spot, right? Sort of. Oh, you always have to have like a spot, especially when yeah. there's a bar in the pool. Yeah. Why leave? Well, like, he is the mayor know. of the pool. So. <laughs> Everybody's going to know me by seven days. You're going to know who I am. <laughs> it kind of sounds like me. Everyone knows me because I'm I'm the wobble girl and then you're the bar guy. And so like, I feel like we could team up though. You got to have, yeah, li- you have yeah. to have liquor to do the wobble probably. Well, hey. There's plenty of that in Mexico. Well, speaking of oh, liquor, yeah. speaking of liquor, that's a good segue. What do we have in our glass, Mike? We got some old Weller foolproof. Yeah, this is one of the Wellers I haven't had. I haven't had this one, and I haven't had the orange label. What do you know about Weller? What do I know about it? I know it's tasty, and I know I got lots of it on my shelf at my house. This guy was famous right here. This. Is I'm the, still learning. Like the grandfather, the the Mac Daddy of weeded bourbon. There would be no Pappy Van Winkle that these people were buying today without W O L Weller. That's true. You know, I actually prefer a Weller over a Pappy. I mean, people just don't know. There would be no Maker's Mark. Um, there would be no Larceny. There would be no oh, Old Fitz. I do like some Larceny. The do- or the what is it? The Barrel Proof. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They make those for me old fashions and they don't tell me they're doing that. And I'm like, woo. And they're like, Taylor, you're feeling good. And I'm like, yes, I am. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think Weller's whiskey more or less fueled the West. Right. I mean, his barrels were all over the West and they had that big green print on them. Put a Ooh. green thumbprint on there to honest whiskey. And one of people know was real whiskey and stuff. And um, back in the day, people would doctor up their whiskey. Right. They, yeah. They could call it rot gut for a reason, right, Jim? That's right. Mm-hmm. They'd put spit in it or uh, chewing tobacco. That's right. We don't need to go there. Well, that's what <laughs> we don't need to go in that. <laughs> I know. Not today's whiskey, though. Not today's whiskey, though. Yeah. This, this whiskey right here is. That is, I've got to say, this is really good. And I haven't had this one. Finer than a feather. This, and I have the CYPD, and I like this better than the, the white label. 
And uh, y'all already know what my favorite is, the Knob 12. And this is this is competing with it. Well, well, this, might, this bottle right here, I've been hanging on this thing for a minute now. Well, if you don't want it, I'll take it. Nah, I'll you, take it right off your hands. I mean, you'd had a scrap out $2. here. $2. I'll give you $2. <laughs> Me and you would scrap and Woodrow, Woodrow the whiskey dog wouldn't have none oh, of Lord. it. <laughs> well, this is this is definitely a good a good mic. This was a pick uh from a little way back, but it's called the Kraken and we've had it on the show a few times, but it's always good to pull this out and I'm glad you've still got some of it. Yeah, we just had I'm this on the show not to. too long ago. We talked about it, whether this whiskey had went bad or not. Now I don't think it's went bad. I don't know. Does it taste bad to you, Jim? It tastes pretty good to me. No, it tastes pretty darn good. It tastes, tastes like pretty good. The Weed of King of Kentucky tastes, says it tastes like heaven. Heaven. <laughs> is that a, that's a song too, isn't it? Heaven? Yes, it is. Jason Aldean just did a cover of that song. That's mm. an old classic. So do you like your whiskey high proof? Um, I'm not going to lie. I do. Yeah? Um, <laughs> can I handle it sometimes? Probably not. But, uh, you know, that's fine. Did you I'm hear? A, I like to take risk. Yeah. Did, well, you, there's, a, there's definitely a risky bottle in Tennessee right now because Jack Daniels just put out a 158 proof bottle. I think it was. I feel like I had that. Proof. The was that some Hill? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. No, I don't have any details on it, but I got the I got the press release on it. But Ooh, uh, You know, that um, the knob 12 120 proof I like a lot, too. And it's hot. Yeah. And uh, even my husband's like, I can't believe you like that. And I'm like, it's so good. But he's kind of a sissy, you know. I, <laughs> I like I like I like it spicy. I like it hot. And he's like, mm, so you no. drinking white claws or something? Uh, that's funny you say that. He loves white claws. Ugh. In the summertime, he says, you know, ain't no laws when you're drinking white claws. And I'm like, okay. I didn't know I I married a girl, but that's not fine. Oh my goodness. I'm just kidding. I, a lot of people like them, but for me, I just like I said, I don't like seltzers i don't like beer i don't like any of that stuff if i'm drinking it's liquor you know the, the funny thing about it is you don't realize how big that business is but I, I would venture to say that the white claw business is probably big enough that they could probably sell that business and take that money and buy every bourbon distillery in the world probably they <laughs> they're, probably could. they're huge i don't I just, know about that that's pushing a little bit jim that's woo. Oh, man, that's sacrilegious. <laughs> Jesus. We, we won't let them in to do it. We won't let them do sometimes that. Sometimes you get surprised by that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you remember when uh, when Kmart went bankrupt and they sold a third of their stores and they took the money and bought Sears. So you're, you're saying like, that Whoa. people <laughs> that Oh, yeah, I do remember that. The people that bought Barstown Bourbon Company really own White Claw. And Barstown bought Green River Distillery and they're just going to start making White Claws at all those? Careful. You know, this this is how you start rumors. I know. There's going to be like a white claw flavored <laughs> bourbon or like a little mix, like cocktail you'll be able to buy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, just think, I can hear it tomorrow. Did you hear the bourbon road? Right. <laughs> Guess what's going to happen? We've got all the, you know, the gossip, right? Gonna be no more bourbon in Kentucky. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's all white claws. There's a song in that right there. There, hey, there probably big is. chief done drink it all. <laughs> I, I, I think there's a song all the bourbon in Kentucky. Right? All the bourbon all in the Kentucky. Bourbon. Yeah, there everyone write this down. We gotta you know write a song here later. Take notes. What if you got a song that you've been working on lately? Yeah, actually, um, I have a song that uh, a friend of mine's getting ready to cut. Um, and I might cut my own version. We'll see. 
Um, but it's called Jesus in Jail. It's probably uh, one of my favorite songs that uh, I've written since I moved to Nashville. And uh, it's definitely, uh, it was an idea I brought to the right. And uh, even the first lyric, it is dead on me. Maybe not today, but back in the day um, that I could play for you guys. But it's so, um, it's very much me and it's very, um, it's a funny song. Um, that's edgy, which is, you know, my thing, that sassy, edgy kind of thing. But, uh, it, it's probably one of my favorites, um, right now in my catalog and, uh, my friend Crystal King is cutting it as well. And, uh, those, are, those are some of the things you can do when you're an independent, right? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. So, uh, and that's, what's kind of cool is, um, you know, we were talking about Chris Stapleton earlier Um, he wrote, um, whiskey and you for Tim McGraw. And then, you know, years later he went and cut it himself. And uh, now there's two different versions out there, right? And uh, another song, Mama's Broken Heart, Casey Musgrave wrote that. Marina Lambert cut it. And then now there's a version that Casey put out there. But they're, it's, you listen to them, they're almost completely different. You don't even realize they're the same song. And uh, that's what's really cool about, you know, being an independent artist is that you can put your own spin on things and, you know, you and your friend can release the same song and it sounds like two totally different things. Well, now you've had a little bit of that Weller. Yes. Foolproof, a little (laughs) fire in the belly. Now I'm feeling real good. Yeah. She's she's ready for that. I'm loosening up and I'm ready to go. (laughs) Well, can we hear that song? Absolutely. All right. This is Jesus in Jail. church pew like a cloud of smoke I was out all damn night to win God only knows never even made it home when last night's here in a second coat of that carbon black mascara Lord bless my soul some guilty charge never thought of being slain in my heart's a metal To bow my head and make the cross Sending up my work on call Hope the Lord will pay my bill Cause hell I'm somewhere between Jesus and jail If I take it My safe, my sins are careless, hanging over a mind. My ready ways have flashed a few blue lights. Come judgment day, gonna I'm guilty as charged. Never claim to be a saint, and my words are never lost. So I came here today to bow my head. Jesus in jail 
good old fashioned sinner So Lord, I surrender Cause I'm guilty as charged And I claim to be a stain And my heart's a little lost So I came in a day To bow my head and make the cross Sending up my worth on call in jail Jesus in jail Jesus in jail I'm somewhere between Jesus in jail Hey, hey that's good stuff. I think we've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm still there. No. You're still there. Yeah, I'm still trying to get out of there. <laughs> Some, sometimes we're in wife jail. Always in wife jail. Yeah. I yeah. know what that is. Look, yeah. your dad's back there. Like, yep, yep, yeah. yep. I put my husband there sometimes, you know? Yeah. It's sometimes. better just to keep us there and, and let us out once in a while when right. we're like really good. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, a nice pair of shoes always fixes things, you know? So maybe it's just buy buy a nice little gift. You know, that's the trick. It is the trick. Shoes. I'm letting the cat out of the bag. Yeah. It's like that's how you do it. I'm totally kidding. Don't <laughs> buy your wives. It's not. <laughs> I could I could never buy a pair of shoes for her that she would like. I mean, there's no way I could pick out those shoes. Boots. You buy boots. Buy boots. Uh, but even that, I don't. You can't go wrong with boots, Jim. You yeah. can't. My husband bought me these boots actually, and you know how I got these. Funny story um, involves bourbon. We were at our favorite bar, uh, OBJ, down in Franklin, uh, Tennessee, and he had a few cocktails in them. And I was on my phone online shopping at the bar. And I was like, "Do you like these?" And he's like, "Yeah, those are cool." And I was like, "Man, I'd I'd really love these." And he had, you know, he was feeling good because he had a few drinks. And he was like, "Oh, babe, I'll buy those for you." I was like, "I need to get you drunk more often, right?" They were only $60, not like they were crazy. Because usually I'm like, buy these. He's like, those are $500. I'm like, but they'll look so good on stage. He's like, no. But that's the trick is you get them a little, you know, a little liquored up, and then they buy you parachutes. But see, you you picked them out. See, that's what, yeah. that's see, that's where I would go wrong. Because <laughs> we went boot shopping in Nashville together. Remember that? Yeah. You remember it took how long it took to get a pair of boots? For you? For Melody. It take you got to pick Did the right one. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, <laughs> he's like, was, "We were there for so long, I don't remember." <laughs> I don't remember because I was looking at boots myself, Jim. So you know, she I'm, knew exactly like you said, what you wanted. Yeah, you're bougie. So I, I didn't care about her boots. I was trying to find myself <laughs> a new pair of boots. You can't go wrong with a good fairy cowboy boots. That's right. That's and Nashville's got all kinds of boots. Oh, they're so, all over the place. Yeah. It's hard to pick. And you wouldn't even try on hats. Well, I got a big head, so it's hard to find a hat <laughs> to fit this head. You know. If I got a hooey hat, I'm if I got a hooey hat, I'm good. What's a hooey hat? Hooey. You don't know a hoodie? Hooey. Oh a, not a hoodie? Hooey. No, not hooey, hooey in the blowfish. Uh, so I was like like Jerry Strucker. <laughs> it's a hooey hat. What is it's that? A, it's, I don't know. It's just a ball cap. You know, it says hooey on it. I don't know. It's a Texas hat company. I like oh, them. Okay. They fit my head. They got the I'm gonna have to look this up now. But I like them. 
Yeah. Uh, that's one of my favorite caps to wear. I love a good baseball cap. I don't have enough baseball caps, I don't think. <laughs> that sounds like me with my shoes. Uh, I go and buy more shoes, and my husband's like, where are you even going to put those? There's no more room in the closet. And I'm like, well, we can move some of your stuff out. We should go shopping like, <laughs> together. I don't have enough shoes either. So, Oh, I, I probably have more boots than I do, like, clothing. And it's always like, well, what are you going to wear? I don't know, but my shoes are going to look real good. It's <laughs> <laughs> what it's all about right there. Yeah, I'm not bougie at all. So I, I I need just a couple of drawers in the in one just of the dressers, <laughs> like and I right now I have like ten percent of the closet. Ten percent. Like maybe ten percent. Maybe. <laughs> it's a walk in and I bet I got two feet of it, three feet of it. That's it. That's it. I actually we got separate closets in our bedroom. Oh, that's and I, nice. And I took the woman's closet. Oh. See so bougie. How did, how does your wife feel about that? Why? Or is she like pretty like low key, low. I'm twice the size of her, so I need I got bigger clothes. <laughs> clothes need more. <laughs> I got big feet, so my sh- boots, my boot collection takes up a lot. I think my husband has like three pairs of shoes, and that's it. Wow. And then you go to my side, and it's just like boots galore, and it's gorgeous. It's like a shrine. I put them all up for display. They're all set a different way, so like you can go in and like enjoy them. Like sometimes I go in my closet. And I just sit there and I just kind of look at it <laughs> with a glass of bourbon. Yes. Yeah, so as I drink my bourbon, my, my uh, old fashioned, I just sit there and I'm like, oh, look at all these beautiful shoes. Now, I'll tell you what a boots are good for Nashville. When we come back from Nashville, we always have a bunch of whiskey with us and a whiskey bottle will fit perfectly oh, yes. inside a boot. You and protect hide it. those suckers in there. That's right. Not hide. I'm not hiding. You're not hiding. Oh, she, you're protecting it. I'm protecting it. Oh, he's got are they good of, for he's that? Got, he's got a, well, he's got four or five pair of boots. I always and, take four or five pair of boots. 10 bottles of whiskey that he's bringing back from Nashville. Yeah. So. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. You know, if we go that. to Nashville for two days, I'm going to take about five pair of boots with me. Because you don't. One for each outfit. Well, you don't know what you're going to have to wear. Exactly. That's true. If you're going to like a show, you might need a dressier boot. Or if you're going down to Broadway, you definitely want to bring a pair that you don't mind having something spilt on them. Now that's that right there. That's super offensive to me when somebody steps on my boot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't want that. Touches my boot <laughs> or pees on my boot. Pees on your boot? Is this oh, like a I've is there a story pee. behind this? It's Printer's Alley, yeah. <gasps> I love Printer's Alley. No one's ever peed on me in Printer's Alley. <laughs> no, not on the alley, but I've had somebody pee in my boot in a bar before. And I'm some guy and I was like, Hey dude, uh you're peeing all over my boots. And he's like, Good lord, you're a big man. And I was like, Yeah, you know, we're about to find out right now. Oh you my goodness. Peed all over my Why boots. Not? Why are you Peeing in the middle of a bar. Well, not in a and, bar, in a men's bathroom, you know? Some uh, I thought you were like at the bar, like ordering a drink and you look down and you're like, man, you're peeing on my shoe. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I was like, dang, I've never been to this bar before. And, like, drinking, in, and drinking in Nashville affects your aim just a little bit, I think. I could imagine. Yeah. I it, mean, I don't I don't really have that problem. I don't want to say that. That wasn't in Nashville. I, was, I won't even tell you where that bar was, but it's um, on the, outskirts. the bar was a trough with ice in it. Oh, or the the the, the bar, the, <laughs> the bathroom. I've, I've been to bar. I've been to places like that. Before. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of these kinds yeah. of bathrooms. But peeing on my boots, or um, we were talking about Brent Cobb, and we went to see Brent Cobb in Louisville at this little uh, Zanza bar. Yeah, um, it, they're known for their pinball machines in there, but uh, they got a they got a room back there. They pretty good sized room for concerts and stuff. Brent Cobb's in there playing, and my wife had just got these 
brand new boots. Um, we got them out in uh, New Mexico. Um, oh, that's a good spot. Super boots. nice boots. And this girl stepped all over her boots. And, she, and my wife, I could see her face like, hey, you're going to mess my boots up. And I looked down at, the, at that girl's boots on. I was like, yeah, she just doesn't care about life. Uh, her right. boots were trashed. And I was like, oh, no. Not like she'd come off farm like she don't take care of her boots. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man. Because you be don't have fight. to spend a lot of money, but you do need to take care of what you got. Well, you take care of those boots. But yeah. you know what? Those boots... My wife went. We went out and uh, went to a Kip Moore concert, Louisville Palace, and she had too many drinks. Oh no! This seems to She's be a recurring theme you that you that you keep bringing up. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> she actually peed in the parking lot there. Oh my goodness! This show's going downhill real quick. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute! I am not a part of this. So we we get home. I I barely drank anything. So we drove all the way home here and uh, got home and um. She gets undressed and she just throws her boots on the floor. Well, we just got our dog at the time, Woodrow. And Woodrow loved, at the time, loved to chew on some leather stuff. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a no-no. So that's, he, a, that's a dead dog. He chewed the top out of those leather <gasps> boots. Oh, my goodness. And, I mean, there's super rare uh, Ariats to, to get. And uh, you you can't replace them. Yeah. She still has them. She just can't wear her pants outside of them no more. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's old Woodrow the whiskey dog right there. Oh, no. Yep. Woodrow was mad. He doesn't chew up a pair of my boots and a belt. And Oh, man. He yep. was just out to get y'all. Yeah. He's like, I'll show you leaving me to go to a concert. Yeah. <laughs> you we, know, I- we know, wouldn't even leave him in our front room for the longest time because we, you know, leather couches and leather mm-hmm. chairs. And we we're like, I could, I always had these visions of getting home and Woodrow had chewed up the whole, every piece of leather we had. Oh, but, well, um, I have a husky and, um, he uh he likes to do things like that too. We went on vacation um to California and we had some friends watching him and he got mad and chewed the crown molding off our wall. Oh wow. I mean that's up. Well, I guess like the the bottom part, oh, whatever the bottom part. Well, he probably could actually, you know, he's done some crazy things, but he's also one of those dogs like if you make him mad, like he'll look at you and then he'll go pee all over your stuff. And he knows what he's doing because he's like, hmm, shouldn't have done what you did. He's devil dog. He is a devil dog, but he's my big fluffy devil dog. He's so my I, my husband called me yesterday and goes, you know what your dog did? It's always my dog when he's done something bad. He's like, I put him outside, gave him a bowl of water. And what'd he do? He knocks it over in front of me, looks at me, and starts rolling in it. And we just got these dog washed, okay? And it is expensive. And I'm like, well, you did something to make him mad. And he's like, just come home and get your dog. I'm like, he's our dog. Not when he's bad. He's yours. And I'm like, it's like kids. Like when kids do something wrong, I'm like, I don't know. So what do you think about this foolproof? I'm trying to I'm trying to steer us back, and we've talked back, a lot back. about peeing and boots and, <laughs> and all. I, I figure it's Jim's responsibility now to get this podcast back um, on track. Back on track, yeah. Um, I love it. It's real smooth. I was not expecting it to be as smooth as it is. Um, I'll just take another sip. Anything else to say about the foolproof, Mike? I know it's a weeder. You don't have to say that again. It's a weeder, man. I tell you what. <laughs> it's <a weeder>. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, really good. I think all bourbon should be weed. You think all of them should? Be? Every distillery should have a weeded bourbon. Now, I agree with that. Mm. Well, all right. Not all bourbon should be weeders, but 
all distilleries should have a weeded bourbon because they don't know what they're missing. That's like my question when we go in a place and they don't have weeded bourbon. And you're like, I'm, I'm like looking here. around, like we're on a tour. Me and Jim are like walking around mixtures and. I was like, so where are you guys going to put that uh, big old silo for wheat? And they're like, what? What are you talking about? We don't even make weeded bourbon. I was like, yeah, but you're going to. So you need to get that silo put in place. <laughs> they're, they're like, I didn't know and I was going like, to. We had old Bruce Russell in here recording. And I said, hey, uh, so when you become the master distiller of wild turkey, which doesn't make weeded bourbon, you going to make some weeded bourbon? And he was like, hmm, hmm, hmm. That's an idea. Where did you hear that from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, weeded bourbon is a thing for me. It's Do you a, like mictors? We love mictors. Love some mictors. Love too. some toasted. The toasted blue label. Yeah. Yeah. I have some of that at home. It is so good. This girl knows her whiskey. I do. You know, what's funny yeah. is we were out in California and we go there a lot on vacation. And uh, we went to this little hole in the wall bourbon store or not bourbon store, liquor store. And they had this. And I was like. You know, it's out in the wild. You can't find this anywhere. And they don't realize what they have out there. And you're like, how much is this? And they tell you like a third of what you'd pay here. And we're like, yep, we'll take it. And we were like, how are we going to get this home? Because we didn't want to put it in our luggage and we didn't want to pay for it to ship it. So we just drank it all <laughs> like the week we were there. <laughs> and we were like, man, we're never going to find that again. And as soon as we got back to Nashville, we went into this other hole in the wall liquor store. And I was like, look what's on that shelf behind him. And there was another bottle. Was it the same price it, though? Um, it wasn't the same price, but it still wasn't as expensive as like you a lot of places. So we snatched it. The and bourbon we still gods were looking out for you. They, they are. were like, you know, you really shouldn't have drank that bottle when you're out. I know you, but exactly. <laughs> we're gonna get you another one. Right? I'm gonna help you out. <laughs> <laughs> I have a knack for like finding stuff when no one else can. We'll go into a store and like I look up and down and like people are like, oh, there's nothing here. And I'm like, you didn't see that? And they're like, how did you see that? And I'm like, I, I looked. Like I don't, My husband's also the person who opens the fridge and is like, where's this? And it's right in front of him. And I'm like, you mean the the dish that's sitting in front of you? Why are you hiding things from me? And I'm like, what? That's just guys. Is it a guy yeah, thing? That's just guys. Okay. So maybe, except maybe Mike. there's. Except Mike. Except Mike. Yeah. Maybe there's hope for him and he'll like, you know, eventually <laughs> grow out of that. But I do. I always find really good stuff. And, you know, yesterday I found a, quite a few bottles as well and I snatched them. You know, you were talking about hiding stuff in the fridge and stuff. And um, I made this blackberry cobbler for one of our listeners came over here the other day. A guy named Doug Keller. Doug, I know you made it safe back to Ohio, but uh, I made this blackberry cobbler. It's pretty damn good, right, Jim? It was good cobbler. Yeah. Well, it must have been so damn good because we had about half of it left in this container in the fridge. And I went in there looking for it. I, I almost dug that. I almost cleaned the entire refrigerator out. You, want, you wanted some cobbler. I was like, man, I want to eat me some of that cobbler today. I looked all over for it. I looked for it and looked for it. And finally, today I asked Viv, I said, hey, did you uh, did you eat that blackberry cobbler? She's like, hee, hee, hee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't say, it's in the refrigerator. You should need to look for it. <laughs> you just missed it. You overlooked it. <laughs> nope. It was all gone. So Hey, I, I like me some cobbler. I like sugar, really. So like in kind of dessert, I'm all about it. Well, that had no extra sugar in it. It's just, just berries and cake mix. Well, I guess that has sugar in it. I like cake. That's my favorite. I like cake. Whenever there's like It's like sounds a like wedding. Forrest Gump right there. I like cake. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's birthday was actually uh, on Thursday, and I was like, I'm going to bring him some cake. 
And I brought three little like bunt cakes. And then I got to his house and his mom had made brownies. And I was like, oh, we're in heaven. Here we go. Like, I'm all about the sweets. And I was like, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to eat half of your dessert. Like, I know I brought it for you, but I'm eating half of it. Like, <laughs> Well, while while we were talking about all them crazy things, the, the bourbon fairy made a delivery. You mean Faye 2 showed up? <laughs> <laughs> it was a Faye, but so we, we actually have uh, Taylor's third pick yes. in our glass right now. My favorite. And this is the Knob Creek 12-year. She's trying to get us drunk, Jim. Let's go. It's she Saturday. Loves, she loves in blue labels. I do. Now, blue this is, is the, my favorite color. This is the 100 proof. And uh, yeah, so pretty good. I would say that those are all top level picks yeah she did she did pretty good did I'd i do say. good do yeah. i get an a yeah you get an a in that yes. we thought you were going straight buffalo trace <laughs> but then you found i really a- like buffalo trace's line like there's not really anything that they put out that i don't like yeah i think when you when you pick a an older knob creek whiskey as as one of your chosen few that it tells us a little bit something about you because you know their whiskeys are typically very uh I don't know. Very aggressive, aggressive, mm-hmm. oaky, deep. They're, yeah. um, they're I'm not, a little aggressive. They're not necessarily smooth. You know, you use that yeah. word smooth sometimes. Yeah. You wouldn't say that normally about a, a Knob Creek, an mm-hmm. older Knob Creek whiskey, right? Right. It's more of uh it's got character. It's bold. It's, yeah. The 15 kind of like that. Yeah. Um, I remember, um, I actually tried the 15 and the 12 at the same time and I thought, um, you know, I, sometimes I read the tasting notes and when I was reading the 15, I was like, oh, this sounds more like me. And I tried them and I was like, no, I want the 12. Um, so we actually ended up giving the 15 just to somebody else. We liked it, but we were like, we love this 12. I think if you did a blind taste on them without the age statements, hands down, the 12 year old would just blow the 15 year old away. Yeah. The problem is is that so many people are fixated on that damn age. Yep. They're like, oh, this 15-year-old, it's 15-year-old bourbon. It's 15-year-old bourbon. I'm mm-hmm. like, stop thinking about the age, people. Stop Just it. taste it. Shame on you for thinking about Shame that age. On you. <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of like the pappies. Um, the 10-year, or the, not the 10, the 12-year. Um, the lot B. Yeah, I think it's better than the, what is it, 22? 23-year-old. 23-year-old, yeah. you yeah. know? Um but I, I find that my husband and I have a lot of the same flavor profiles and like we tend to like the same things, but I do like a little bit hotter. Um, that makes the bottle go down pretty quick when you both like it. Oh, yes. Yeah. But it also, it's one of those things that we can agree on though. So there's never really a, dis- a disagreement or an argument. Like when I get a phone call and he's like, I did something. And I'm like, what did? You, what do you mean you did something? And he's like, I, I might've bought something. And I'm like, oh, well, as long as I can drink it, like I guess it's okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Man, that's per that's perfect right there. Yeah. What can I say? I'm wifey material. So does your wife, <laughs> does, your wife, does, my wife. <laughs> does your husband have a favorite song that you sing? Are you saying he's not a country guy, but No, um, he actually really likes um I'm trying to think. Yeah. Hmm, I'm trying to think. There's cover songs that I know he loves of original stuff. He really likes, you know, praying to the whiskey. Um, there's one I wrote before I moved to Nashville called Angels Envy um, that he likes. It's also like super depressing, <laughs> um, but he likes that one. And um, I'm trying to think if there's like, an, he loves 
um, my most recent single high on something because he tells everyone it's about him. So he's like, it's about me. So it's her best one. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a really cool song because the, 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 the subject is kind of, it, it's kind of truth, right? I mean, it, it, it is truth, right? The, yeah. And I won't give too much away because you, is that one you're going to play? I can most certainly play that. Wow. One. It's, it's definitely one that I really like. And oh, we were talking you. a little bit about whiskey and how you guys both like it, but there's something, there's a line in that song about bourbon and mm-hmm. uh, like a tenure, tenure to, mm-hmm. yeah, to get good. Absolutely. Takes 10 years to get good. That's yeah. pretty cool stuff. Well, uh, I always say, you know, the older the bourbon, the better, but not in the Knob Creek sense. 12 is better than the 15, but you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I tend to agree with you on that. I, I like the 12 a lot. Yeah. And uh and you particularly like the 120 proof version mm-hmm. of that, right? I do. You know, I won't say no to either. But um before my vocal coach got on me about drinking while we're singing, so we won't tell her that I'm doing this right now while I'm drinking. Um but uh I used to always have a shot of the 120 proof at my shows and I would just sip on it throughout the show, you know, a 3-4 hour show. And uh by the time I was done playing, I was pretty much like ready to go. <laughs> I was like, let's do this. <laughs> you know, and everyone's like, show's over. And I'm like, no, let's keep going. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do like them. Sometimes they get a little too hot, but there's something about that 120 I really like. That's a that's a great whiskey. Uh, yeah. it, this 12 years sipping on it, it and it used to be my palate today, but it's a little sweet on me. It, it, it is, is sweeter. I think that's what I like about it is the, the sweet notes that I get from it. But the, the barrel is ever present. And that's, yep. I mean, you can definitely tell this one's been, been sitting in that wood for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Especially the 120, you're like, oh Lord, it like smacks you. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, but it's a good smack. Right. <laughs> it's a good wake up call. <laughs> so can we hear high on something? Absolutely. Awesome. Yes. This is my current single high on something. Like a rush of blood to your head with the first hit of nicotine. Like an idiot Chevy burning up a tank of gasoline. Like a quick fix from a fifth when you tip it on back. Tap a bus that comes and goes. Don't ever last But with you I ain't coming down No crash and burn Ain't looking for an easy way out And it ain't a drug It ain't a drug Whatever it is It's more than enough And I don't The warning leather on an old pair of boots. 
like the lazy stretch of a long, a long June afternoon, like a ten-year bottle of bourbon. Takes time, but damn, it's worth it. Slow to build the fire. So was it about him? It was. Yeah, I kind of thought so. <laughs> it was. Uh, what's funny about that song is um, when we went into the writing room that day, uh, a lot of the stuff I write is very sassy and um, edgy. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the times people are like, if you want a murder ballad, go to Taylor because she loves writing those, you know, and. <laughs> You know, what can I say? Uh, Miranda Lambert and Ashley McBride are big inspirations for me, right? But uh, we went into the studio that day and I was like, you know what? I don't have a love song. And I typically stay away from those because they turn out super cheesy. And, you know, uh, my friend that I wrote it with, Stephanie Joyce, um, she's kind of the same way. She she loves writing murder ballads and stuff. And we were like, okay, we're going to do this. And it's going to be so good that you're going to want to cut it. And I was like, all right, it's got to have that Taylor Hughes stamp on it. And we started writing and, you know, talking about, you know, guys we had dated in the past and different life experiences and how we felt about our husbands now that, you know, who we're with and how you, you know, had to date a few frogs to get to the, to the right one. And, uh, the words just started flowing out and, um, she was right. I loved it so much that uh, I decided to cut it. And uh, we tried to do a little bit of a Chris Stapleton feel to it, you know, um, but because uh, I get a lot of inspiration for him, for him too. And uh, it's been doing pretty well. Um, it, I actually found out it was charting down in Texas um, on their internet radio. It's been in the top uh, 100. It's just been climbing um, ever since. I actually checked on it 
the other day and it was still on there. So I was pretty excited because I was, I was like, I didn't even know they knew who I was. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I mean, the general gist of the song is that, uh, there's bumps in the road and things can get rough, but, right. uh, you're still high on each other. You're mm-hmm. still, yeah. I mean, and good things take a while. So absolutely. Yeah. And that, that was the thing is that, you know, a lot of love songs, there's like, it's almost like we just met and then we fell in love and that was happy ending. And it's like, that's not really how love works. You know, that's not realistic. And, you know, I wanted, I didn't want something that was like, Oh, puppy love or, Oh, you know, everything's sunshine and rainbows. I wanted something real and, something you know like there are these exactly you know inspiration from like my parents or like you know just relationships that i you know was like wow that's what i didn't want and this is what i have now and put it into words and put it into a song awesome yeah it's kind of like whiskey right you want the real thing you don't want that damn white claw absolutely (laughs) right ain't nobody messing with that stuff (laughs) yeah yeah um, that song kind of goes with that whiskey, right? It's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, White Claw, I've tried it. Have you ever tried it, Jim? I haven't tried it. No, it's not and, real. And you're tried, not missing anything. I've tried you're seltzers not. before Ugh, and no. they're just not my thing. They're not my thing. They just taste like nasty water. Yeah. Like sometimes you get them, you're like, Ooh, mango flavor. That sounds good. And then I crack it open. I'm like, Nope. And then. My husband's like, don't worry, I'll drink it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I went, I went to uh, Virginia to visit. Uh, well, the, the first co-host of the show lives in Virginia now. And um, he uh, he took us out and about to, to try and find some distilleries and breweries and things like that. But the only thing there is they're seltzeries. They're everywhere. That's a thing. And it's like, yeah, it's a thing. I never, well, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could go to like a tequila place or a vodka place or the rum places. Like when you go on vacation, we did a tequila one. Yeah. And my husband tried to kill me in snorkeling. Yeah, <laughs> we did a we did an excursion where you could go to the, the you know, go to the distillery or whatever they call it for tequila. And you get to watch them make tequila and you get to sample it. And then you get to go snorkeling. I didn't want to have anything to do with the snorkeling. I'm not a strong swimmer. I'll get in the water and I'll doggy paddle, but like, I'm not trying to go down with the fish and stuff. And this was on our honeymoon. He was like, it's going to be great. And I got in the water and I had a panic attack and he had to drag me the entire time. And he's like, babe, look at these fish. And I'm like, I'm going to die. This is how I leave. Just take me back to the tacos and the tequila. (laughs) It was so bad. Yeah. I think, I think too much tequila and snorkeling. They don't sound, Oh no, it's not compatible. No, like, just keep me on land. I'm not trying to go where the sharks live. That is their home. I don't want to be shark food. I'm not about it. Yeah, so you're going to be at Bourbon on the Banks, right? Yes. Uh, are you pretty excited about playing I am that? so excited. I've actually been really interested in this event for a while, and um, I'm like, we got to get in there. I don't know if they have music, but there's going to be. We're going to, if they don't have it, we're going to ask them to do it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when we... uh scored the opportunity to play the after party i was like i'm so there i'm so excited like it's there's you know i live down in nashville and i absolutely love it there's no other place like it but there's something about coming back home to play for other you know for the for my hometown and stuff like that and to see familiar faces and to even meet new people and do things like this that makes it just really special over 2,000 whiskey drinkers are going to be there. Absolutely. It's going to be great. They'll have been sampled from over 53 distilleries. 
there better be some food there. For there gonna be no drinkers. whiskey left. I don't think. Uh, oh, absolutely <laughs> well, not. Everyone needs to have a snack at all times, and like <laughs> <laughs> there'll be a little bit of whiskey left over. I mean, we we dished out some whiskey last year, just a little bit. And we're but gonna we have still a, have a little bit left over. Though. We're gonna have better bottles this year. Yeah. So is it like what do you all do? Do you like bring like your own personal favorites, or do you like team up with a distillery and they like they're like here we want you to serve this? We there. do have a sponsor. Um, which is Leapers Fork Distillery uh, down in Tennessee. And they'll be pouring from their tent. Yeah, they'll be pouring. We have our own Bourbon Road Lounge. Right, right. Um, but um, I'm going to have to check out this lounge. We I'm still so are in discussion about whether we're going to have a barrel pick or not. Um, we may have a barrel pick. We will definitely have the roadie bar, though. Well, yeah, we got a roadie bar that we bring oh. this year. I think we had 20 bottles last year. We didn't come home with any whiskey. Um, so I think we're going to bring a little bit more this time. Yeah. Those those bottles that have been on the show, we want to bring them and share them with, with our listeners. Uh, yeah. We got we got old Britt Mack in the house right now with her man, Matt. Um, but uh, sh- she was there and got to experience it last year, and it, it's a one hell of an event. I'm sure. I mean, does it get better than, like, an event dedicated to bourbon and whiskey? Like, can't think of anything else that well, like the only thing would make it better taylor is everybody going to see you after oh yes you need that in event. your life right you need some taylor hughes in your life y'all and <laughs> if you could just look out in the crowd and everybody out in the crowd was wearing a t-shirt that said bourbon bullshitter on it oh yeah i think a, i need a t-shirt like be that a pretty perfect event wouldn't it absolutely i think um, we can probably make that happen <laughs> yeah, do yeah it. be like you happen. can't come into the show unless you have this shirt then everyone's like i gotta have a shirt i need to be a part of this party like everyone's gonna do it yeah for sure it's a great time we have such a wonderful time and and uh, you know such a large number of roadies turn out and that's great our roadies by the way i don't know if you're familiar our roadies are i don't, I don't know i don't like calling them fans i like calling them listeners there are listeners, listeners, and I kind of like their family almost. Um, you know, it's like our guest. Every guest to me becomes a family member, and um, it's like, hey, I, I met this person. They come to my house or come to Jim's house, and um, you know, they play music for us or drink whiskey with us, and you know, that's that's the way you meet people when you get Absolutely. to face to face and honesty and eat some good barbecue. Eat, brisket and pulled pork yeah, and yeah. you said food and i was like yes i'm there <laughs> well like i said if you leave here hungry then something's wrong with you <laughs> i'm easy to please if if there's ever like food somewhere i'm like oh yeah i'm there count me in well you make sure when you're walking around that day before the after party when you're just hanging out and having a good time you you stop by the bourbon road lounge and i'll just hang out there and say hey to us and she just bring her guitar for a little I'll bit. I'll do some mariachi style stuff. I'll go around to every person and just sing. <laughs> no, I mean, we would we would love that, but I, I just want you to have a good time. So feel oh, free absolutely. to just show up and hang out and drink I'll a little whiskey there. with us. Now, is your I'll mom and there. dad, are they going to go to Bourbon on the Banks absolutely. too? Absolutely. They're, they're kind of the posse. My mama's my number one fan. And uh, the dad is the, he's the bodyguard and occasionally the bank and the sound system and the, you know, or the sound guy and the booking agent and the manager and all that stuff. Uh, I've been very, very blessed to not only have their support, but to have their help in doing this and chasing me all over the country playing and helping me do all the things. And so, yeah, they'll definitely be there. And you know, my dad's going to be there. There's bourbon. 
Like, man, Taylor, it's been great having you on. Uh, but you know how we like to do it. We like to do some giveaways for our listeners and stuff. Absolutely. And I would like to do something kind of with your song, Praying on a Whiskey. And you said you had a shirt. I do. I have lyric t-shirts. What's it say on it? It says, Jim, Jack, Johnny, and Crow, those four apostles jaded my soul. And then it's got a little whiskey glass on it. So, so you think one of our listeners could get one of those shirts right Absolutely. There. And it's going to be their favorite t-shirt they own. It's so soft. And Jim and I will go ahead and we'll do a sample of each one of those whiskeys uh, right. to pair with it. Not only will we will do that. But I'll put three extra samples in there of the three whiskeys we drink on this show. Seven samples. That, wow. Can I win this? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to be Tell, wearing, you're gonna totally be wearing the bourbon bullshitter t-shirt. Uh, so. I'm so <laughs> pumped about this shirt. Like, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty amazing giveaway. So how do they win it, Mike? So, you know, what we always do from the time we do the post on Instagram in the morning um until nine o'clock at night because that's what time i gotta go to bed i went to 10 o'clock last week jim yeah i suffered yeah it's not good <laughs> it's, it's got to be nine o'clock for mike and it's the day of the release of this episode yeah so you know you got to be 21 you got to reside in the united states um we need you to follow taylor hughes music on yes. instagram obviously you follow us at the very in the comments what we needed you to do is Tag three people and hashtag Taylor Hughes music. Awesome. Yeah. Taylor Hughes music. Tag three people. Nine o'clock at night. I will announce the winner to this. Um, enter as many times as you want. If you want to enter a thousand times, tag a thousand different people. Just don't tag me. Don't tag Big Chief. <laughs> man, Jim, you know you're, you're a freebie, man. They figure it out. Well, Jesus criminies, man. I get tagged in so many dang giveaways. I'm like, man. Well, that's pretty easy. So they get a they get a a Taylor Hughes T-shirt. They get um seven samples. So they get the four whiskeys on the T-shirt. Plus, they get the three samples from the show. That's like an entire bottle of whiskey. That's pretty. That is. That's pretty awesome. That sounds like a good night. Yeah. you're gonna have when you get all this stuff. Well, you don't want to miss this one. You definitely need to get in on it. Definitely, without a doubt. Taylor, how can people find out more about you, where you're going to be, what you're doing, what your new songs are? Where are you? Where Where do people find out more about I'm you? I'm everywhere. No, yeah. if you, if you, um, I'm on all the socials, um, but I do have a website. Um, it's taylorhughesmusic.com. Um, if you go subscribe to that, I send out a monthly newsletter. I, it's the only thing I'll send out. I won't like blow up your inbox unless there's something super exciting going on, but it's got my full tour schedule on there. It also has all my social media. So you just click on it and it'll take you to, um, all of my socials. So like Instagram is Taylor Hughes music, Facebook, Taylor Hughes music, my YouTube channels on there, TikTok, all that stuff. Um, you can buy merchandise through there. Um, I send out, um, and all my monthly newsletters, there's always a little reminder, Hey, shoot me an email, um, send me a DM, whatever way you want to contact me and, um, we'll get you a t-shirt. They're only $25. And like I said, they're super soft. Um, but yeah, if you just go to that website or just go to any of my socials, um, you can also find all my music, um, on any streaming or download platform. So iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, I've heard it all. People have found my music everywhere. So if you guys go do that. I'd be greatly appreciative of it. 
Well, that's so awesome. And thank you for being on the show. You've been a thank great guest. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure drinking whiskey with you. I think you picked some really, really good ones. I, I hope you think I know something about you know, <laughs> I think you've proven it. yourself. You've, <laughs> I am now worthy. <laughs> you've earned your stripes. She, she definitely put truth to that praying on the whiskey song. Absolutely. No yes. doubt about it. Yeah. All right, Mike, where, where can people find us on the internet? Well, you know, you can find us at uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you can find us. Our main place, though, is on Facebook, the Bourbon Roadies. Uh, we're almost 3,000 people in there, Jim. Three easy rules to get in there and join. Are you 21? Because that's what, what you got to do to be able to drink some bourbon in the United States. Um, do you like bourbon? Hell, everybody likes bourbon, right, Jim? Yeah, they if do. you don't, you're wrong. Yeah, there yeah. you go. If you don't, you're wrong. <laughs> if you like white claws, you're wrong. You're wrong. Um, we don't tolerate any rudeness in that group, meaning if you drink from the very bottom of the shelf, small tin high, all the way to the top of the shelf, maybe some George T. Stag there, Jim. Um, we want you to celebrate that whiskey. We want you to celebrate life. We want you to celebrate retirements. We want to celebrate birthdays, whatever you're celebrating in life. Even if you have a family member or a friend that passes away, we want you to raise a glass to them. Um and celebrate that absolutely we do two shows every single week on mondays we do a craft distillery episode we call it our craft distillery monday episode we'll have a single expression on from a craft distillery that's doing it right mike and i'll taste it we'll talk about it we'll let you know whether you should add that to your bar i think we're pretty spot on i think we've got some good ones on there every wednesday we'll do a full-length episode like today's with taylor hughes We'll drink a couple of whiskeys. We drank three today. We'll drink a few whiskeys. We'll have great conversation. We'll get in depth. We'll have some music in the case of today's show. Uh, Mike, what the, what can they do to make sure they don't miss a single episode of the Bourbon Road? Well, you want to go up to the top of that app, hit that check sign, that plus sign, that subscribe sign. Go ahead and make sure your app tells you, hey, these two jokers have a show that's out today and you need to listen to it. It'll get you to working back, like Jim said. Then you need to scroll on down, hit that five-star review, leave us some comments because you know what's going to happen if you don't. The big bad booty daddy of bourbon is going to roll over to your house with some Jim, Jack, Johnny, and Crow playing some Taylor Hughes music. By the end of the night, you're going to have a big old smile on your face. Uh, you're going to leave us that five-star review in those comments. But seriously, those uh, comments, those reviews, open up the doors to distilleries to us, get great guests on our show like Taylor Hughes here. Um, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, so Mike and I are very approachable. You see us in town, see us at a liquor store, you see us at an event, you see us at Bourbon on the Banks, make sure you come up and say hey to us. Have a drink with us. Introduce yourself. Let us know what led you to Bourbon. We'd love to hear your story. You can always reach out to us. If you've got an idea for a show or you've got a guest you think would be a good match for the Bourbon Road, make sure you let us know. Get on our website. Hit that Contact Us page. Send us a message. We'll get back with you. You can always send us an email. I'm Jim at TheBourbonRoad.com. He's Mike at TheBourbonRoad.com. But like we always say, probably the best way. Slip into our DMs on Instagram. I'm Jay Shannon 63 I'm Big Bourbon Chief. And we'll see you down the Bourbon Road. Mama told me when I was young, I'm silly, sad me.
and listen closely to what I say. And if you do this, it will some sunny day. So take your time, don't So